0: Have a master or a mistress and run errands for them. Page boys, like you, they usually go along with the master or mistress in a coach, for instance. Ah, said the boy. Yes, I done that. I was a good page boy. I done everything right. Course you did, said Bob, shifting his chair along as Joan came to the table with the bowl of warm bread and milk. She put it in front of the boy, and without a second's pause he put his face right down into the bowl and began to guzzle it up directly, his dirty little hands gripping the edge of the table. "'What are you doing?' said Joan. "'Dear, oh dear, you you don't eat like that. Use the spoon.' The boy looked up, milk in his eyebrows, bread up his nose, his chin dripping. "'He doesn't know anything, poor little thing,' said Joan. "'Come to the sink, my love, and we'll wash you. Grubby hands and all, look at you.' The boy tried to look at himself, but he was reluctant to leave the bowl. "'That's nice,' he said. "'I like that.' "'It'll still be here when you come back,' said Bob." I've had my supper already. I'll look after it for you. The boy looked wonderstruck at this idea. He watched over his shoulder as Joan led him to the kitchen sink and tipped in some water from the kettle. And while she was washing him, he kept twisting his wet face round to look from Bob to the bowl and back again. That's better, said Joan, rubbing him dry. Now you be a good boy and eat with the spoon. Yes, I will, he said, nodding. I'm surprised they didn't teach you manners when you was a page boy, she said. I was a rat, he said. Oh, well, rats don't have manners. Boys do, she told him. You say thank you when someone gives you something. See, that's good manners. Thank you, he said, nodding hard. That's a good boy. Now come and sit down. So he sat down, and Bob showed him how to use the spoon. He found it hard at first, because he would keep turning it upside down before it reached his mouth, and a lot of the bread and milk ended up on his lap. But Bob and Joan could see he was trying, and he was a quick learner, By the time he'd finished, he was quite good at it. "'Thank you,' he said. "'That's it. Well done,' said Bob. "'Now you come along with me, and I'll show you how to wash the bowl and the spoon.' While they were doing that, Bob said, "'Do you know how old you are?' "'Yes,' said the boy. "'I know that all right. I'm three weeks old, I am.' Three weeks?' "'Yes. "'And I've got two brothers and two sisters the same age three weeks.' Five of you?' "'Yes, I ain't seen him for a long time.' "'What's a long time?' "'The boy thought and said, "'Days.' "'And where's your mother and father?' "'Under the ground.' "'Bob and Joan looked at each other, "'and they could each see what the other was feeling. "'The poor little boy was an orphan, "'and grief had turned his mind, "'and he wandered away from the orphanage "'he must have been living in. "'As it happened, "'on the table beside him was Bob's newspaper.' and suddenly the little boy seemed to see it for the first time. Here, he said, delighted. That's Mary Jane. He was pointing to a picture of the prince's new fiance. The prince had met her just the other day, and they'd fallen in love at once, and the royal engagement was the main story of the week. She's going to marry the prince, said Bob, but she'd call Mary Jane. That ain't the kind of name they give princesses. I spect you must have got confused, said Joan. You can't go anywhere else tonight, that's for sure. We'll make you up a bed, my love, and you can sleep here, and we'll find the proper place for you in the morning. Ah, he said, I didn't know that proper place, else I'd have gone there tonight. Look, we will have to call you something, said Bob. Something, the boy said, as if he was memorizing it. A proper name, said Joan, like mm, Casper, or... Crispin, said Bob. He's the saint of shoemakers, he is. That's a good name. I bet there's a saint of washerwomen, too, said Joan. Only no one's ever heard of her. Well, if it's a her, it'd be no good as a name for him, would it? No, probably not, she said. I don't suppose. I don't suppose we could call him Roger, could we? Roger was the name they would have called a son of their own, if they'd ever had one. Well, it's only for tonight, said Bob. Can't do any harm. Little boy, said Joan, touching his shoulder we got to call you by a name, and if you ain't got one of your own, we'll call you Roger. Yes, said the little boy. Thank you. They made up a bed in the spare room, and Joan took his clothes down to wash. They gave Roger an old nightshirt of Bob's to wear, and very small he looked in it, but he curled up tightly, looking for all the world as though he were trying to wrap a long tail around himself, and went to sleep at once. What are we going to do with him? said Bob, squeezing the page boy uniform through the mangle. He might be a wild boy. He might have been abandoned as a baby and brung up by wolves. Or rats. I read about a boy like that only last week in the paper. Stuff and nonsense. You don't know, he insisted. He's good as told us. I was a rat, he said. You heard him? Rats don't have pageboy uniforms, she said. Nor they don't speak either. He could have learned to speak by listening through the walls. And he could have found the uniform on a washing line, Bob said. You depend on it, that's what happened. He's a wild boy, and he was brung up by rats. You can read about that kind of thing every week in the paper. You're a silly old man, said Joan. The Privy Next morning, Joan found the little boy lying in a heap of torn sheets and a terrible tangle of blankets and feathers, fast asleep. She was going to cry out because she feared that something had come in at the window and attacked him in the night. But he was sleeping so peacefully among all the destruction that she couldn't bring herself to wake him, though she was in despair over the damage. "'Come and look,' she said to old Bob, and he stood open-mouthed in the doorway. "'It looks like a hen run after a fox has been in,' he said. There wasn't a sheet or a blanket that hadn't been torn into strips. The pillow was burst open and feathers lay like snow over the whole bed.' Even Bob's old nightshirt lay in tattered strips around the thin little body on the mattress. Oh, Roger, said Joan, what have you done? The boy must have learned his name, because he woke up as soon as she said it, and sat up cheerfully. I'm hungry again, he said. Look at what you've done, she said. What were you thinking of? He looked around proudly. Yes, it was hard, but I done it, he said. There's a lot more needs chewing and tearing, and I'll do that for you later. "'You shouldn't tear things up,' she said. "'I've got to sew them all together again. "'We don't live like that, tearing things to pieces. "'Dear, oh, dear!' "'The more she looked, the more damage she saw. "'It was going to take hours to repair.' "'Bob said, "'Did you do that because you was a rat?' "'Yes,' said Roger. "'Ah, well, that explains it,' the old man said. "'But Joan was in no mood to listen.' That's got nothing to do with it. Never mind what he was, it's what he is now that matters. You shouldn't tear things up like this, she cried. And she took his thin little shoulder and shook him. Not hard, but enough to startle him. You come down the kitchen with me, said Bob, and I'll tell you a thing or two. But first let's have some more manners. You've upset Joan, so you have to say sorry. Sorry, said the boy. I understand now. Sorry. Come along, said Bob, and took him by the hand. He could see Roger fidgeting and guessed what he wanted to do and took him to the privy just in time. "'Whenever you want to do that, you come in here,' he said. "'Yes, I will,' said the boy. "'That's a good idea. "'Now come and have your breakfast. "'Wrap them pieces of nightshirt around you. "'You can't walk around naked. "'It ain't decent.' Roger sat and watched Bob cut two slices of bread and propped them on the range to toast. "'I'll cook you an egg,' the old man said. "'You like eggs?' ''Oh, yes,'' said Roger. ''Thank you. I like eggs a lot.'' Bob cracked it into the frying pan, and Roger's jaw dropped as he saw the white spitting and bubbling and the golden yolk glistening in the middle. ''Oh, that's pretty,'' he said. ''I never seen the inside of an egg.'' ''I thought you'd ate them before.'' ''I ate them in the dark,'' Roger explained. ''What, when you was a rat?'' ''Yes. Me and my brothers and sisters, we ate them in the dark, yes.'' All right, then, said Bob peaceably, and slid the fried egg onto a plate and buttered the toast. Roger could barely hold himself back, but he remembered to say thank you, before he put his face right down onto the plate and drew it back at once, gasping at the heat. His eyes brimming with tears, yellow yolk dripping off his mouth and nose, he turned to Bob in distress. Oh, I forgot you don't know how boys eat eggs, the old man said. You probably thought you was a rat still, I expect. Yes. "'said Roger unsteadily, wiping at the mess with his fingers and licking them hard. "'I couldn't see the spoon, so I used me face. "'It's a spoon, not a spoon. "'For eggs, you got to use a knife and fork. "'Here, do it like this. "'You copy me.' Ignoring the tears and the egg on his face, "'Roger tried hard to do as Bob showed him. "'It was much harder to eat the egg with a fork "'than it had been to spoon up the bread and milk, "'but whenever he got discouraged,' Bob told him to take a bite of toast. Roger held it up in both hands and chewed it swiftly.